630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right, Oilers and Flames tomorrow on 630 Chad. The face-off show is at 6. The game is at 8. Mike Smith will start in goal for the Oilers who have lost two in a row. They were beaten by the Flames last night. They lost in Vancouver on Saturday. Here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. Sabres and Devils now 2-2 into the third. Taylor Hall did return to the game after getting hit in the face with a slap shot in the first period. Islanders nine-game win streak in jeopardy. They trail the Capitals 3-1 with 14 and a half minutes to go. After two, Penguins and Bruins tied 1-1. Late in the second period, Detroit's up 3-2 on the Hurricanes. And early in the second period, Minnesota leads the Coyotes 1-0. Late first period, Lightning up 1-0 on the Stars. And out shooting Dallas 16, well, now 17-5. to Braden Point has his 11th of the season. Ducks and Avalanche are just about to get underway. You can reach out on the Certainteed hotline by dialing 780-496-0063. Certainteed professional-grade building materials, pro all the way. Okay, he joins us every week here on Inside Sports, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now with the NHL on Rogers, it is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. Uh, looking forward to the game uh, again tomorrow and uh, just the Battle of Alberta. And uh, I think it's safe to say that uh, you and I might agree on this, that it was a fairly dull if I can use that word first period but after that I thought the game was really exciting and all sorts of things to chat about tomorrow on the broadcast well yeah the first period I mean I got my notes here and I wrote down a total of three highlights <laughs> the Kara head hit on Shillington yeah. then the Kara and Richie fight and then the Yamamoto and Leon two-on-one late in the period right. where Yamo right. probably should have just fired away but he but he passed off and nine shots on goal total so but but what i did write down was pretty eventful because sure with the hit and that led to the fight and you know what it's brought up this debate again uh a a little bit about fighting because i mean kara absolutely got belted by richie yeah 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 and i'm in the same boat it's interesting you bring that up about you know the debate on fighting because honestly like 10 years ago and for sure 15 I would have you know no problem with a fight and now that we don't see them very often and just because of what happened to Kara uh and that was hard to watch I have to admit and uh we're Rick and I both commented you know when they called out the athletic therapist we sure hope he's okay and and uh it's really frightening now and maybe it's because of my age maybe it's a different hockey culture to a certain degree that uh, I don't find it as appealing anymore and uh Rick and I were talking in the commercial break that you know because you don't see it very often like a real a real good fight it's kind of shocking when you do and you know just the and and forget about the injury to care but just the the blows to the head and how damaging you know they can be and i don't know uh maybe maybe next week i'll have a different feeling about that but just last night for whatever reason and i don't know why it really grabbed my attention maybe i don't like this very much anymore and again maybe it's because i'm older and more reflective and i worry about the players and injury and so on but it uh you know i understand how it all works you know i understand the hit by kara on shillington and uh then you have to answer the bell and all that but it just i don't know if uh, i'm just so confused with it what are your thoughts on that reed 
Well, I, as a spectator, I, I enjoy a fight that is born of anger. And I guess mm-hmm. that maybe that sounds like I have a little bit of bloodlust in me, but, but I also, you know, I, I accept that, that pro sports, um, especially the two sports I like the most hockey and football are, are extremely violent sports mm-hmm. and physical intimidation and aggression are part of those games. And sometimes retaliation are parts of those games. You know, the goalie fl- fight last year could have had a similar result. You know, yeah, if, if, you know, yeah. I mean, Smith had Talbot down for a split second. If he yeah. could have tagged him, who knows what he would have really, he could have injured him. Um, so I, I realize why that fight had to happen. Sure. Uh, if I, if I watch a hockey game that doesn't have a fight, I'm not disappointed. And quite mm-hmm. frankly, sometimes when you just see two guys line up across from each other, 30 seconds into a game and just say, well, we're both the tough guys. So we know we have to do this. I understand, you know, Louis DeBrusque has sat down with me and explained why that happens. Yeah. yeah. And I understand that's their job, but I yeah. also feel like, well, nothing in the game has boiled over that now a fight is the release. Yeah. Maybe uh, there's, sorry, go ahead. But, 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 but when you see a guy actually get punched like that, and I mean, he was extremely yeah. wobbled and right. now what we know about head injuries and what we continue to yeah. learn, you worry, what's going to happen where a guy doesn't come back from that. And I'm not, yeah. you know, where he has to retire or just can't play yeah. again. And and maybe it was just because of the injury that really struck me last night, because I have to admit when Montreal was in town last week and uh, Josh Anderson, Milan Lucci twin at it, I know it was a really good fight. I had no issue whatsoever. I, I, I never got in my truck leaving the building that night going, Oh boy, I think we should reconsider it. And maybe it was just the consequence of the injury that really had me thinking yesterday. I, I'm not sure where I'm going with this. And like I said, maybe in a week or a month, I'll have a different vantage point or viewpoint on this. But uh, yeah, it, it sure had everybody talking. Like Calgary Talk Radio today, they went through, they dissected everything and uh, walked through the timeline and so on. So it certainly has people talking about it. Well, I've noticed too, Kelly, and this is, it's a relatively short period of time. I mean, this is now my eighth season doing mm-hmm. overtime open line after Oilers games. Yeah. And I've even noticed in that time a decline in listener feedback about um, feeling the need to get retribution mm-hmm. or, you know, you know, it's like, well, you're behind in a game. Why don't you go stir yeah. something up, send a message. Right. You know, well, they're right. losing 4-1 with a minute left, start a fight. Like right. much less of that. So it is... I, I do think it's departing the hockey mentality. I guess that's yeah. what's probably kind of an overly wordy way to put it. But uh, it I is, do th- though. Yeah. It's very much like hitting. That uh, I remember when people started talking about 10 years ago that hitting is going down, and I'm thinking, I said, no, I don't think it's really that different. And all of a sudden, like I really noticed like five years ago, there's uh, some games where they're, they're non-hitters. There's nothing going on whatsoever. And, uh, and, and so you kind of get used to it. Although yesterday I found like Richie, I think it was before he, he even had the fight. He had four hits in that first period. And there were a few other good ones. And even McDavid got in on it in the second period when he hit Hannafin behind the net. And, uh, so, you know, some matches are special that way. Like they do bring out a little bit of anger, which I do enjoy. Well, and quite honestly, if you, if you said to me, okay, 10 years from now, you're going to watch a game with no fighting, but there'll still be lots of body contact. I'd be fine with that. I mean, if, yeah. And, and maybe that's our, 
where we headed, though that's changed too because let's face it, Kelly, when when you played, and certainly when you know Rob played, you guys overlapped. Yeah. The Kara hit on Shillington would have probably been applauded, and the dialogue would have been, well, poor sucker Shillington, push your head down, you put your head down. That's your no, but I, I like that oh, used to be that used to be the mentality. If you have your head oh, down, yeah. you yeah. deserve to get hit. Oh, and I then you've got to live with the consequences. And now they've shifted it right where the responsibility is on the guy delivering the hit. And I'm not saying I have a problem with that, but it shows you oh, how I things know. can change. Oh, I know. We had a young defenseman when I played in San Jose, Andre Zuzan, really great guy and uh, really talented young defenseman. But I remember man alive, he had put himself in terrible positions all the time and get hit, whether it's an open ice hit or something like last night or what was worse back then is that he'd always turn his back to the player that's going to hit him and he'd get driven into the glass about 100 miles an hour. And I remember uh, it wasn't, we weren't mad at the, the other team. We were always like, Andre, please do yourself a favor and protect yourself. And it was always, you know, blaming him, but that was kind of like the start of the trend where you turn your back and, you know, you kind of hope that you get a penalty call on the other team. But the other thing is when you're talking about this uh, after the Kara hit on Shillington in my time and Rob's time, it would have been depending on the score, what would have happened. It would have been maybe keep your head up or it would have been a full on brawl five guys on the ice at that point brawling because you know you've got to send a message back and the score dictates it and maybe there was uh, some bad blood from a previous game two weeks ago so there are a whole bunch of different factors that uh, used to play into it too yeah kelly rudy joining us tonight on inside sports hey before i let you go uh you know today on uh, on 6 30 shed we're talking alberta and covid one year later i i'll come in at this angle for you kelly your to to me and friend we we talk a lot your mm-hmm. your work where you do your work is you sure. cuz you you must be on way fewer airplane rides now oh my gosh i've only been on two flights in the year so i went out for the last 18 nights of the stanley cup playoffs when just before the stanley cup was awarded to tampa and i will tell you reed i never thought i would be this kind of guy here's a guy that i would be on a plane i i must say ballpark around 250 times a year and that was for years and years and years and uh that first flight i took to toronto and the return flight uh in august and september uh it really bothered me like really bothered me and it really bothered me being in a hotel room in toronto for those 18 nights so much that it affected my mental health leading into the final weekend where i was uh, i was on the verge of going home before the playoffs were finished i just couldn't handle it and the the numbers were surging again and so i'm looking at my life now and i'm going well this is so different and i'm kind of getting used to and kind of liking it, you know, not calling a game on Saturday nights from Toronto. I do it in my home office. Uh, It's, you know, it's good. It's maybe not ideal, but I'm getting used to the idea of that. I'm getting used to that concept. It's weird going to a Flames game like last night where there are no people in the building and you're trying to, even as a broadcaster, you're trying to manufacture enthusiasm. And it's even stranger when the flames are on the road and calling it from the uh, Scotiabank Saddle Dome off a monitor. And the difficulties that you're faced with that hopefully the people back home watching don't know or don't realize because we're good enough at the, uh, like not me individually, but our production team too, to sort of make sure that most of the mistakes we can cover up in some way and, and some of the technical difficulties 
always, uh, but uh, it's just, you know, and as an example, here's what you have to ha deal with. We had a, a road game earlier and uh, we, the broadcasters and our production people, we lost complete contact with Toronto where the game was being uh, fed to us from. I mean, that's hard to do when you're supposed to be listening to a producer in your ear throughout the game and throughout the, the action and you're just calling it off a monitor, you are without any contact. And so none of us ever would have experienced anything like that. And yet we didn't find anybody complaining or we pulled it off somehow. And that, those are the challenges. Those are the new realities that you deal with. And uh, uh, I hope I don't come across as I'm complaining because I'm not, because I'm still grateful that I'm still employed and we're able to watch hockey because there are people out there in far different uh, or difficult circumstances. But that's just the reality of what we as broadcasters have had to learn and, and how we've had to adapt. Yeah, for sure. Well, you'll uh, you'll be in the rink tomorrow night, I assume. Uh, rematch yep. of Alberta. So we're looking forward to that one, Kelly. Thanks for checking in, man. Yeah, thanks, Reed. Take care. That is Kelly Rooney, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. A player who lost a shot at a national title because of COVID is next. Alberta and COVID one year later on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Well, a year ago, this athlete was chasing a national championship and then didn't get a chance to do so. We welcome back to Inside Sports, Alex Posnikoff, one of the all-time greats in the U of A Pandas pro hockey program. Alex, it's good to talk to you again. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, uh, before we uh, go down memory lane a little bit here, let everybody know what you're up to these days. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Um, I'm a member of the Professional Women's Hockey Player Association this year, so I'm playing for Team Scotiabank. Obviously, it's been a little different with uh, COVID going on, but that's kind of been my next chapter of hockey. Yeah. Well, the Pandas were the number one seed last year at the tournament in Charlottetown. You had a quarterfinal scheduled against UPEI. Two other quarterfinals had already been played. And then I'll let you tell it in your own words about what you remember happening. Yeah, that was uh, quite the trip, I guess. you could. Uh, we were in PEI all ready to go. The tournament had already started. We were playing games on the Friday, and it started Thursday. And we're kind of rumors going around Thursday night that uh, the tournament was canceled and nobody really knew what was going on. So you could say it was anarchy around the hotel there. And uh, we got the call down around 10.30 p.m. and they had canceled, canceled the tournament. So... How, how have you, how did you sort of, and look, you obviously had a great career. I mean, you did win a national title. You won a player of the year award. So you did have accomplishments, but your career at U sports at the U of A didn't end on the ice with either a national title or you hand it to the opponent that, that knocked your, your team out. Have you sort of been able to reconcile that? Yeah. You know what? It was kind of tricky at first. Obviously it's your last year. Every time you go to nationals you obviously want to come out with a win and finish your career off on a high but I mean never really dealt with a global pandemic before so we kind of had to adjust and take it with a grain of salt that the tournament wasn't kind of the biggest thing going on and 
it was hard at first, but uh, we definitely I got over it over the year and just started training again and got excited for for this year and the years to come in terms of my hockey career. What was it like traveling back to Edmonton from Charlottetown? It was a bit gloomy, I have to say. We didn't really. We were kind of in a bubble in PEI because we were on the island and. They said there was a pandemic and none of us really knew what that meant until we got to the Toronto airport and then it was like, oh, yeah, this this thing's real and it kind of really set in what was going on. So it was kind of, that was kind of the saddest part of everything canceling because we got back to Edmonton and everyone went went separate ways and little did we know that's kind of the last time we would have been together as a team. So that was kind of the part that doesn't sit well with me, just not getting getting able to say goodbye to everyone and before they flew back across the country. Yeah, and what about, uh, I don't know how many classes you were taking, but what was it like trying to finish the, the school year, or were you able to finish it? So I was pretty lucky because I was doing my practicum with U of A Athletics. So um, we were kind of able to work from home a little bit and then uh, finish that off. So school-wise, I was lucky not to be in finals, so it didn't, didn't affect me too much that way. Okay. And how how did you get back into training? Because obviously there were a lot of challenges with just being allowed to use facilities and hockey it helps to have a few people on the ice to really practice your skills and team play so how did you work around that yeah so that has been a bit of a challenge this year obviously at the start of the year we were practicing a bit in calgary and we were able to play the ufc dinos in a few practice games but uh, once they shut everything down we my dad set up the backyard rink again just like we were when we were kids and I had, uh, since my brother and I lived together, obviously, we, we we went out there and practiced every day, and I'd work out at home. So it wasn't like practicing with a team, but at least I was on the ice. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad to hear that, uh, you know, you're continuing to pursue your hockey career. You were such a great representative of, uh, of the U of A, and it's been awesome to be able to interview you, I think going all the way back to your rookie season, off and on on Inside Sports. So thanks for coming on to reflect on one year later of the uh, of the COVID pandemic and, and the impact it had on you as an athlete and your U of A Pandas team at the time. We really appreciate it, Alex. Let's keep in touch. All the best to you. Yeah, thanks for having me on again and following me through my career, obviously, and excited for the future of potentially more sports and less lockdown. So, <laughs> Right on. I hear you. That is Alex Posnikoff checking in. Yeah, the, the Pandas were ready to go. Uh, and, you know, the Golden Bears didn't make the, the men's tournament, but that one was underway, and then it got called off. And Alex, one of those fifth-year players who found out her U sports career was over by uh, just by word of mouth. Not on the ice. Didn't get decided that way. That was tough. We'll talk to a, a double E season seat holder and an Oilers season seat holder about their experience as fans and uh, what they're thinking about possibly going back into crowded stadiums again. That's next on Inside Sports. Alberta and COVID one year later on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Yeah, what a uh, what a different year in the sports world, and of course I say that recognizing that there are uh, far more serious impacts and losses than what uh, happened in the world of sports. But it certainly changed a lot. I mean, the NHL season got immediately cut short. The playoffs were played in the summer in two cities, and the Stanley Cup was handed out here 
in Edmonton, even though the Oilers didn't even make it out of the qualifying round in the playoffs, the Canadian Football League did not have a season. And to discuss uh, a fan's perspective on that, I am pleased to welcome two very passionate fans to Inside Sports tonight. First of all, Coach Vic. You may have heard me read this gentleman's uh, text to the show some nights. Coach Vic Sloboda is checking in. Hey, Vic, it's nice to talk to you, man. How are you doing? You know what? It's uh, good to talk to you, too. Uh, long-time listener, first time getting called. Well, we thank you for making the time to come on tonight. And we also have Brenda Hunka on the show, 23 years, an Edmonton Oilers season ticket holder and someone I would get to see in Studio 99 from time to time when we used to do the shows there. Brenda, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to hear your voice, and I want to be back at Roger's place. Well, <laughs> I want you and everybody else back there, too. I feel kind of bad that I at least get to go into the building and watch the games, and then most of the uh, you know the diehard fans are watching on television. Brenda, I'll start with you since the NHL season was in progress a little over a year ago. Um, were, were you at that final game against the Jets, and kind of what do you remember about uh, the vibe as we started to get the news of what was happening with the NBA during the game? Yeah, uh, yeah. Barry and I were at the game, and actually, we just came back from a road trip. Um, we went into Vegas on our own and uh, saw the Oilers lose there. And we also noticed, uh, Reed, when we were um, checking in and stuff, like the taxi cab drivers were saying, "Well, we're not getting the international travel people. They're not here." So we go go into Vegas, and you know we're all talking between ourselves, and then we headed off to uh, Nashville, and uh, there was no talk about anything happening or anything about travel, and we experienced a tornado uh, down in Nashville, which was really scary. But uh, thank God we were okay, but a lot of people lost their lives that night, and then we headed uh, on March 5th to uh, Chicago. Well, Chicago played that night, but we headed into Chicago, and uh, we were at the United Center. That was my first time there. Uh, what a fabulous place. And anyways, um, we uh, when we were heading home, we noticed that there was a lot of people wearing masks. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, like, what is going on here? And then I noticed, like, on the international travel site, uh, people that were, you know, traveling to and from China through that airport, like, the stewardess all had masks on. So there was kind of like a buzz. So anyways, uh, getting back to coming home, uh, we attended a couple of games. Uh, one was Las Vegas and the Winnipeg. And uh, we were starting to hear more news. And I noticed instead of doing like high fives, like with all of our, our Euler family, it was like we were doing elbows, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, and then I, all of a sudden we see like McDavid and the players, like they were like all talking. Like you can see the talk happening on the bench and even on the ice between the players. And then, you know, because we all carry our phones, and uh, it's like, here's Twitter, like, because we follow Twitter while you guys are, you know, are uh, calling the game and stuff like that. So we're following Twitter. And I noticed uh, a Twitter, a tweet coming saying that this might be our last game. And I, I, I'm not too sure who it was from, which media person, but it was like, oh, my God. Like, what do you mean last game? Like, yeah. So it was really uh, devastating, and so we were talking between ourselves, and we were thinking, well, you know, maybe it's just something that's just going 
you know, just through everybody and we'll be back in a couple of weeks because we're excited, you know, with the Oilers going to make playoffs and, you know, we the hype was there, right? But, uh, yeah, reality was that uh, that was our last game. Yeah. Vic, I'll, I'll turn to you now, and uh, I know you're, uh, you know, you, you're like Brenda. You're, you're an all-around uh, sports fan and support a lot of Edmonton and Alberta teams and athletes. But I'll, I'll focus on the Double E football team and the CFL with you because I know you're, uh, you know, you're, you're big in the football community and you coach as well, and, and you've done a lot for young football players. Your experience through 2020 with the uncertainty and then eventually cancellation of the uh, of the 2020 CFL season. Well, back in 2019, when we went to the final game at Commonwealth, there was this, you always have that, well, we'll see you in May. We'll see you in May uh, when, when we kick off with the, the new season. And then we started hearing that there's not going to be a season. And as we, as we were moving through March and April, there was always that hope that, well, they'll get something together. They'll be able to pull something together. This is only a short-time thing, short-term thing. And then when the reality finally sunk in that we weren't going to be having a season, you start to feel that sense of loss because there's this family that you have at the stadium. And, and, and I call it, the, it's, it's my football family. There are friends that you've developed over the years of going to all these games, and you suddenly realize that you're not going to see them and you're not going to see your favorite sport uh, actually getting played out on the field. Are you, uh, I mean, we're hearing stuff about the league and a possible partnership with the XFL. How are you feeling about a season uh, this year and, and, the, and the future of the league? I mean, you've been a supporter for a long time. Are, are you generally worried or are you generally optimistic i'm optimistic that we're going to see a football season i'm optimistic that we're going to see at least in a broadcast capacity that we're going to see games played whether we make it into the stadium that's my concern i'm i'm really concerned that this isn't going to pass that we're not going to see uh, enough vaccinations enough progress moved with this uh, pandemic being curbed, the curve disappearing, that we're going to see our, our friends and, and family in the stadium anymore this year. Um, the combination of seeing XFL talks going on right now is, I think it's more of a distraction to what needs to really be going on. And I'm not sure why it was brought out at this time other than the positive is the CFL and the XFL are trending everywhere right now everybody's talking about it good bad and indifferent but as far as us getting back into the stadium i'm i'm optimistic we're going to see it by september but to see if we're going to be in there on opening day that's uh, that's a hard stretch for me right now and that's uh that's a bit disturbing yeah, that's uh, Coach Vic Sloboda joining us. He's a season seat holder for the Double E football team. Also have Brenda Hunker, uh, Hunka on the line, Edmonton Oilers season seat holder. So, Brenda, I'll, I'll ask you then, and, and I know this, this can be uh, uh, a, a dicey question and maybe it might change from day to day or week to week, but um, are you, I know you're eager to see games again and see games in person. What is your comfort level, though, to potentially be in 
a crowd of people? Like, are you, you know, that depends type of phase or are you rare to go? I'm, I'm just curious. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I have, uh, my mom got her vaccine and it was a great day and Barry's mom and dad got their vaccines and it's a great day and it's a great day for anybody that gets the vaccine. And, and I think we're a lot closer to getting back uh, into watching hockey. I know in the States, they have opened up their arenas and they have a limit. Uh, I can't recall how many thousands of people. And uh, I like I think that if we start heading that way and uh, doing it in steps, and since now that we have, um, you know, some research done on it, I think that, uh, like, I think the fans are ready. Like, let's slowly start getting back. Um, the more vaccines we get, the more people will be able to go. And I'm hoping, I'm really hoping by fall, we will have a full season with all our fans. It's great. It's great to have you guys, like everybody on TV. I was in shock when I saw Louis DeBrusque and uh, Jack Michaels. And then all of a sudden, Bob Stoffer appeared, you know. And it was like, oh, that's a different way of doing it. But but we'd like to, to be back there with, with you guys, you know, with the vibe, uh, with Hunter, uh, with our families there, you know. Um, like, you know, Reed, it was really hard when you guys were paying tribute on TV. It was heartbroken that we couldn't be there for Kobe Cave and Joey Moss and, you know, uh, Walter Gretzky and, and even like Gene Principe's dad, you know, you guys did uh, nice things and or anybody, the tributes. And it's, uh, it's, you have that feeling when you're in the building and you're with everybody and you get to meet new friends and new people. And it's just, it's different, you know, like, yeah. And I'll tell you, uh, if for our mental well-being, sports really helps us. Like, it, 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 for, you know, we all need something. If it's curling, if it's football, if it's whatever. But we all need that for our mental well-health, you know, health. And, uh, yeah, so I'm raring to go. We're all raring to go. And uh, I, I just want to thank the uh, media for keeping us, uh, like, with podcasts and Twitter and any way because you guys really have pulled all of us through this. Like it, it's a big help. And I want to thank everybody. Well, th thanks for saying that. That's, that's very kind of you to say for sure. I'll, I'll just ask you one more each. Uh, Vic, I'll go back to you here. Uh, and as and like you, I, I should say like, you're one of definitely a regular texter to the show. And I appreciate you because you're <laughs> often funny. I don't read everything on air, but you, you, you often make me laugh and you make some really good points when we, especially when we, when we get talking football, did the but has the way you like is your interest level in sports been affected at, at all because you didn't get to go to CFL games and that was gone? I mean, did you just turn your attention to other things or did it affect the way you consume sports? I am probably more passionate about sports today than I've ever been. Um, the hockey. Uh, you know, Brenda mentioned, you know, that the difference of actually being in a crowd of people. I, I long for that. I, 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 I miss that so much that today I'm, I'm probably more passionate about sports than anything. And then I think about coaching my own team. I just got off the phone before you called with uh, with one of my other coaches on the team that I coach down here. And, and we're talking about getting another season going here, but we don't even know if we're going to get it. And yet we're still passionately talking about it. The game, 
supersedes what happens on the field for me. I, I love watching it. I love analyzing it. I love breaking down what happened. I love sitting in the stands, listening to the fans, cheering, uh, booing the other team, uh, you know, beating down the refs with whatever their whatever their funny comments that they make. Uh, it's it's a it's a an environment that just it's 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 adrenaline to me, and so to not have that in my life right now, um, boy, I long for it in a in a big way, and I can hardly wait to get back. Well, and part of the reason we we Dave and I reached out to you too is because you're you're also both. Uh, out of towners who come in because Brenda, you're in the Vegreville area. Yes, I am. And Vic, are you? Is it, is it Sylvan you're around or Pigeon? Sil- Sylvan Lake. Yeah. Sylvan Lake. Right. Yeah, I knew it was one of those one of those Central Alberta lakes. Vic, <laughs> there's so many of them. But no, seriously, which 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 is another thing because you guys, uh, you and your loved ones, like schedule your lives around <laughs> going to games, right? Because you gotta you gotta drive in, Brenda. And I see you guys there. Uh, you know, weekdays, afternoon games, like oh, you yeah. guys, you guys are always there. I don't give up my ticket, Reed. It's very hard to give away my ticket. Yeah. It, it's, and Vic, uh, you, you've, sorry, and Vic, you've been coming in for, for years, whether you've had the season package or not, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I've only, I've only had season tickets for four years now, but Prior to that, any chance I got, I was coming. I mean, I listened to the, I grew up listening to Halsey on the radio calling these games. And when I was out in the fields driving tractors during games, that's the only thing that was, was fueling me. And now to be able to finally be making it to every home game, to be sitting in the place that I enjoy, to not have that, to have it taken away is just, it's too much. It's, it's really hard. And yeah. to sacrifice every every Thursday night, especially when I had to go in for Thursday night games, those were you don't get home till one o'clock in the morning, and then you're up at yeah. six in the morning for the next day for the for for work. It's a it's a commitment, and it's a commitment I actually love. Yeah, yeah. I love I love how you put that, and I love the the passion both of you brought to this uh this conversation and i certainly hope well first of all you can both reach out anytime but i hope uh i hope in this calendar year we're talking in person let me put it that way is that i think that's optimistic and realistic at the same time i hope <laughs> i would agree uh, totally yeah totally agree. okay I was well say, I, again I'd like to meet brenda yeah you know vic i like football games too you know and i i the spirit of edmonton you know like that's a fun place it's a great place to be. <laughs> that's awesome. We just got people bonding on, on Inside Sports. That's what it's all about. Brenda Hunka, thank you so much for coming on the show. Say hi to your husband for me. I know I, I they're very brief chats because I'm usually going on the radio, but I do appreciate what you've said hi in Studio 99. Thanks for checking in tonight. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, I miss the all our ushers. I miss all the food. Everybody. Like, everybody is a big part of this venue of our Euler family uh the football family we're we're all together on this and I'm so happy we can share these moments and coach Vic thanks to you for coming on as well and thanks for keeping me in line when I say something stupid about football strategy okay (laughs) (laughs) well it keeps me it keeps me on my toes and so uh yeah I appreciate you guys reaching out to me and uh 
I miss, I miss like, like Brenda, I miss the, the people in my section, my family, uh, the yeah. people I cheer with, all the fun, the usher who stands, Tim, who stands at the bottom of my section, greeting me every game. I miss that. So we'll be back. We will be back yeah. in Commonwealth. Well said. Well said. That's Coach Vic Sloboda, Brenda Hunka on Inside Sports. Good to have you tuning in tonight. Good interview there with Brenda Hunka, Coach Vic Sloboda, season seat holders for the Oilers and Double E, respectively, Alberta and COVID one year later. Really appreciated the fan perspective, and uh, you heard their passion and the importance of sports and the community that it builds and the friendships and bonds it can create. I, I'm glad they, they brought that up. And I think that for, for me too, that's a really important part of it. So I really appreciated talking to them. That was good stuff. And I, I, I do feel, uh, I do feel fairly optimistic that, uh, you know, we're going to have uh, fans in the stands at Commonwealth and at Rogers place. Uh, hopefully this uh, in this calendar year, and we'll all feel like uh, we're back to cheering on the teams in person if we want to, which is nice. The Devils have beaten the Sabres 3-2. Another tough one for the Sabres. They played better tonight but couldn't get the win. Taylor Hall was hit in the face with a puck, was able to come back to the game. The Islanders' winning streak is over. It ends after nine games. The Capitals beat them tonight 3-1. Bruins get by the Penguins 2-1. Frederick got the game winner about seven minutes into the third. Four minutes to go in Detroit. It's 3-2, Red Wings leading the Hurricanes. Robbie Fabry, his sixth of the season. That's the difference right now. After two, the Wild up 1-0 on the Coyotes. Hartman, his fourth of the year. About eight minutes left in the second period in Dallas. Stanley Cup final rematch. Lightning and Stars tied 1-1. Point in Haskinen, the goal scorers. And uh, high-scoring first period in Denver. The Ducks lead the Avalanche 4-2 after the first period. The Ducks get four goals on seven shots from Terry, Heinen, Henrique, and Grant. Burkowski and Kadri replied for the Avalanche. That is a look at the NHL tonight. Tomorrow we have the Oilers and the Flames. Mike Smith will be the starting goaltender. Dave Tippett announced that earlier today. Zach Cassian still waiting to be cleared as he's been out now over a month with the hand injury. He has been practicing. Kyle Turris back on the practice ice today with the Oilers. Of course, he'd been on the COVID protocol list for the past week. Uh, also tomorrow, a couple other North Division games. The Canucks will be taking on the Senators. The Canucks uh, trying to push back into that playoff race. It's going to be tough. And the Canadians meet the Jets right now are uh, really tight between the Canadians and the Oilers, and they're going to play each other next week. Oh, we're done. I hear music. All right. Well, 6 o'clock face-off show tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Game at 8, Oilers and Flames. Bob Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. Take care. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.